0: with kathy i'm kathy and i'm so glad you're taking some time to join me on episode number two i don't know what time of year you'll be listening to this but this is just uh, a week or so into the new year 2024 i am a retired snowbird so down in florida don't know where you're listening to this. I know I have friends all the way in the Philippines and other places. So wherever you are, I hope you are doing well and that uh, life is treating you good. So for this episode number two, the title is Keeping the Main Thing the Main Thing. And uh, I decided to write a little joke for you folks to start out and I am going to read that first. So what does a person do who is starting a podcast about journaling and faith? The answer? Why, they start another journal, of course, to write about it. Ha ha. I hope somebody out there is laughing. I know when I told my husband he laughed. I, I'm not sure if he was laughing at me or laughing at the joke. But anyway, it is true. I did purchase another journal and I thought I need to have a journal completely dedicated to this. And so I've got it all set up. I've got 52 pages kind of marked out so I can kind of put the dates down and keep myself organized and start thinking about which entries I want to use, what times a year and, and all of that. So. Anyway, this is my thought process in life, another journal. And so I wanted to share with you the very first entry in this new journal. And it goes like this. Another journal, another journey. Oh, how precious, dear Lord, to know that as I travel on this road called life, you are with me. You have our whole trip together planned out. You know where the rest stops are, the outstanding scenic spots, and you even know where the roads are going to get a bit rough and possibly even dangerous. And so in faith, I'm going to embark on this next 52-week journey, one podcast for every Monday of 2024. It was you who prompted me to take this adventure, even encouraging me with some prophetic confirmations. And so I know you have helped me prepare. For what is ahead, giving me everything I will need to be successful. And as I write this, I hear you saying to my heart through Philippians 4 6, Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank Him for all that He has done. I hear you saying to me, All I want you to do, my dear daughter, is just to share the encouragement and love I've given you over these years through my word and our quiet Java and Jesus times together. Just keep praying and giving thanks to me and I will help you with the rest. Amen. And so there it is, my first entry. And this podcast is Uh, Kind of a reflection. January is a good time of year for that. Lots of people just naturally take stock and are, are thinking about things just having come through Christmas season and New Year's. Many people are reflecting and reconsidering on what's really important and what really matters. And in this episode, I want to share a little bit about the legacy of my mom who passed away in 2011. She was a person who kept things real, and especially in matters of faith, was about keeping the main thing the main thing. And so I just want to uh, spend a little time first just sharing some Christmas memories and some things about my mom and her legacy as we as we were growing up as kids, my mom really put a good amount of effort into making Christmas special for us. So of course there's the gifts, and uh, it was all her special Christmas baking and different things preparing ahead of time. the the Christmas tree decorating. I can remember when we were old enough to start helping out with that, and um, and so lots of good lots of good memories just of of doing that together with her and then after we got married uh for the first 25 years not much changed we we went back to the farm out at acme for christmas and my brothers would come with their wives and their young families all the cousins would play together and it would be the christmas eve you'd have the big ham feast and then you would go to new new year new Oh, not New Year's, but Christmas Eve service and really just kind of get your your heart centered on what the real reason uh, of the season was. And then we would come back and we would, uh, before opening gifts, we'd do Uh, little presentations. My mom just felt it was important to give Jesus uh, 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 some attention. And so we would sing a a Christmas hymn, or we would recite a Christmas poem about Jesus or something like that before we were allowed to open the gifts. So it was kind of an unusual thing. I don't think all families do that. I can remember even one thing when my kids were old enough where they could read. We made the letters Jesus, so J E S. -S 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 US and we colored something on the front the the letter J and then one person held up E and and so on and then in the back there would be something J is for joyful or you know whatever I can't remember what they were but that was our little performance that uh, Christmas anyway some really good memories and of course things changed once she passed away and our families were all growing and starting to uh, multiply with nieces and nephews getting married and more grandkids, and so just getting harder to be all together just in an ordinary house. And so this year was was very different for us. We're down in Florida, and um, we had some very dear missionary friends of ours uh, from Haiti arise, and their whole family come over, and so that was uh, seven people, and then a few friends of the kids came, and so nine people: my husband, and myself, and. Had a big dinner and some games, and it's just good. It's just good to celebrate Jesus. And uh, finally, then on Christmas Day, so the next day, our son and grandson came, and that was the best Christmas present ever for us to have them here for, for 10 days. So uh, I want to get back to my mom a little bit and the legacy of faith that she really set in my life. And from a very young age, we learned certain prayers, and they were prayers that we said before mealtime. So I'm going to say them in German, then give you a little translation, and I'm sure you're going to recognize uh, this first one. Komm, Herr Jesus, sei unser Gast und segne alles, was du uns beschert hast amen and so you might have picked it up come Lord Jesus come here Jesus and so it's come Lord Jesus be my guest and may this food to our bodies be blessed maybe some of you've said that prayer before before a meal time so that was the first one we learned as children and I am not joking when I say we said that before every meal it was just what we did and then, as we got a little older, my mom uh, taught us another prayer in German, and I'm going to say it for you now. Wie freilich sind wir aufgewacht. Wie haben wir geschlafen zu sanft die Nacht. Hab dank, du Vater, in Himmel dein, dass du es wollen bei uns sein. Behüte uns auf diesen Tag, dass uns kein Leid geschehen mag. Amen. And so I'm assuming that there are quite a few of you out there that don't speak German. And so I'm going to give you a little translation of that one. And it's something like this. How joyfully we have woken up, how we have slept soundly through the night. I thank you, Father in heaven mine, that you have wanted to stay by my side. Watch over us on this day that no harm will come our way. Now, the English version doesn't rhyme quite as nicely and have that lilt and flow as the German version, but the context, context is, is all there. And, and honestly, if I think about it, the main things are all covered. It's, you know, let's give God thanks. Give God thanks for another day. Give God thanks for uh, our food and, and everything that we, we have and need. And then um, finally, like, watch over us. Take care of us. Another prayer that that we learned, but we didn't say as often, was, you know, our Father and our Father who art in heaven. And so those are all wonderful, wonderful, godly uh, prayers that even on their own stand the test of time. And so now I want to take you to the actual journal entry I picked for today. And it is found in Mark 12, 28 through 34. As I mentioned in our last episode, I'm reading from the Message Translation. So not a great one if you're trying to establish doctrine, but it is a very easy listening one if you're just trying to get the flow and the feel of the the story. And so the other thing that I want to do to help with that is just set the scene a little bit for you. So Picture the Temple in Jerusalem, the ancient temple. So these were made of stone. They were vast. They were huge. They were cavernous, tall ceilings, and there were all kinds of uh, alcoves off to the side. And um, this is where Jesus was teaching. He was teaching in the temple. And so the problem was the religious scholars, the, the Sadducees and, and all of these folks that thought they were the important ones, they didn't like that Jesus was the new guy coming in there and getting the attention that they thought should be there. So when Jesus was teaching, they thought, well, we're just going to kind of step in here and see if we can stumble them up with some questions. It's almost kind of like the reporters coming in trying to make somebody stumble uh, and and make an uh, error in a commentary or, or something like that. Anyway, so now we've got the scene kind of set in our mind. Let's go to Mark 12, 28 to 34. Maybe you've opened up your Bible already to that. And I'm going to start reading. Verse 28. One of the religious scholars came up hearing the lively exchanges and questions and answers and seeing how sharp Jesus was in his answers. He put in his own question, which is most important of all the commandments. Jesus said, the first in importance is, now listen, Israel, Lord, your God is one. So love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second, love others as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. The religious scholar responded, oh, a wonderful answer, teacher, So lucid and accurate, that God is one and there is no other, and loving him with all passion and intelligence and energy and loving others as well as yourself, why that's better than all offerings and sacrifices put together. (laughs) When Jesus realized how insightful he was, he said, well, you're almost there, right on the border of God's kingdom. After that, no one else dared ask a question. (laughs) And the reading is done. I can just picture this religious scholar kind of thinking that he had bested Jesus and and he was, you know, saying what he was saying. And then Jesus is kind of almost in a mocking way says, I think you're almost there. Oh, gosh. Anyway, let's go and just look at this a little bit. Uh, most important commandment. You know, he starts by saying, listen, Israel. So, in other words, hey, people, listen up the Lord God is one. And so, uh, you know, we can see what he's saying. It is kind of pointing to the Trinity, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're one, and yet they're three, which is kind of an interesting thought for for some people. They're they're separate, but not uh, um, separable, (laughs) if that's a word. So Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. The, the second one is love others as you love yourself. And so we do the best job of loving other people when we've made peace with our own selves and peace with God about our uh, sinful past. And And it's really important that we do that. We, we can only love others as, as good as we can love ourselves. And so we need to have a healthy mindset about about ourselves, and um, that's going to help us love others better. So when I was thinking about commandments, what it made me think of is where did these come from? And really, if you look at the Ten Commandments, they are uh, what these two commandments are condensed from. So the Ten Commandments, for some of you, if you've never read them, are found in Exodus 20. And I'm going to read them here for you. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make any idols or worship anything but me. Number three, you shall not use my name in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And I'm going to stop there. Those first four commandments are all about us and God. And that's what this first part of this reading was about. Love the Lord your God with all your passion. So it kind of sums up those first four commandments. I'm going to go on now. Commandment five. Honor your father and mother. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony. And number 10, you shall not covet. So honor your father and mother, interestingly enough, if you read, read in the full verse there, it's the one and only verse that comes with a promise. And it says, if you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you. So it's, it's important that we do that. Then, uh, you shall not murder. That's pretty self-explanatory. Commit adultery. You know, we're supposed to be uh, keeping our vows, the vows, are wedding vows. And adultery is any form of, of sex outside of that marriage commitment. Steal, that's obvious. Don't steal. Give false testimony, that's don't lie. And covet is, you know, basically be jealous or wanting what somebody else has. And so when you look at from 5 through 10, what what do those tell us? They tell us how we're supposed to treat other people. And so I want you to just picture the cross and what the cross looks like. So there's one beam that is pointing towards heaven, and then there is one beam that is sideways, you know, where arm the arms of Jesus were horizontal right so the beam that's pointing to heaven that represents in my mind our relationship with God and in in other words the one to four commandment or if we condense it down to just love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and then the horizontal beam represents our our relationships with people here on earth and those five uh, last uh, six commandments they tell us how how we best do that and you know obviously we don't want to hurt other people we want to uh, keep our commitments not steal not lie right not want things that don't belong to us and so pretty good little guide right there of how we can love others and so i just uh started thinking about the 10 commandments. My mom had the 10 commandments on on the fridge and she would say things like, "Well, I don't know the whole Bible, but I know the 10 commandments and if I stick to that, uh I'm I'm keeping the main thing, the main thing basically, right?" And she's right about that. How how would things look in this earth if people people did that? And so my thought was, why did they take the commandments out of the school, and when did that happen out of the schools? And so I looked up, did a little research, and it was in 1980 that an atheist decided to bring a court challenge and and um, uh, say that the commandments are not neutral and so they should be removed from the schools. And so it went through a whole court process and, and not to get into all the details, but they clearly won. And so all the schools had to remove the Ten Commandments. And this was what was cited in the, the final ruling. The Ten Commandments violate the principle of religious neutrality, and the primary role of the schools is to educate students in academic subjects. And so that was part of the ruling commentary. And so I look at that and I go, religious neutrality. I wonder how many religions don't want to honor God, don't want to, that might be a different God than the God we're thinking of, but still honor their God. Um, they have the, the values, the moral core values, not murdering, not committing adultery, stealing. I think all of those would probably fit for most religions. I can't think of any where that wouldn't be the case. And then how ironic if you look at the school and education system these days where uh you know, the whole concept was that schools are for academic subjects, and now some of the schools out there have really become places of indoctrination instead of education. A lot has changed in, in those 40-some years. And so I just uh, want to read you another couple of scriptures that just show the importance that God places on on training up our kids. Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 and 7 and these words which i command you today shall be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up in other words you're basically supposed to be discussing them all the time it should be a part of your your life day to day Then there's another scripture, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Um, One more here that I want to share, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Well, there's no shortage I could have found a lot more scriptures for you and again you know just want to keep the thing basic like my mom said not overload you and so I want to just leave you with a thought and a question and that is what do you think do you think our society would be better off that people would be kinder that it would be safer If the Ten Commandments were still taught in our schools? Hmm, that's an interesting thought to ponder. All right, so now to end our time together, I am going to read the prayer that I wrote after that portion of scripture. It goes like this. Lord, it is very clear in your word that you want to be number one in our lives And that as a result of that, we should love people. This world would be a completely different place if everyone taught their children this and practiced your Ten Commandments. To me, it would be a good description of what heaven might be like. People loving and worshipping you with all their passion, intelligence and energy. And then loving everybody else as themselves. There would be no murder, adultery, theft, lying or jealousy. So today, Lord, I say, I want to love you with all my heart and treat others the way I want to be treated. May it be my legacy and example to my children and others. Amen. And so I just want to thank you for sharing the last 20 minutes or so, uh, listening to my thoughts. I hope they've encouraged you and given you something to ponder for this week. I am so grateful for this opportunity, and I just want to encourage you all to just spend a little extra time seeking the Lord, make him first, make him the main thing. And I look forward to our next opportunity to be together next week. Uh, Amen and bless you all. Finally, thanks for listening. I hope you take a moment and just hit your notification buttons and subscribe, all that jazz. I can be found on most social media platforms, Spotify, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. And I was on Instagram, but unfortunately, they have removed my account. Apparently, I do not meet their community standards. So we'll be checking into that. But hope you'll tune in again next Monday. And thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.